Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady, and I'm the author of the Tarot Coloring Book. I'm also your host for this podcast series. This is episode 100 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. For today's episode, our topic is Reading Tarot for Groups with Jenna Matlin. And Jenna Matlin is the author of Have Tarot Will Travel, a comprehensive guide to reading at festivals um, and parties. So, uh, And she's also the brains behind the Queen of Wands Tarot. Welcome, Jenna. Thanks, Teresa. Thanks for having me on today. I am so excited to talk to you. And, you know, when I, th- when I started thinking about people reading for large groups, the only person I had in mind for this topic was you because you've written the book on it. So thank you for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I love talking about all things tarot. So thanks for making my morning. Yay. Well, you know, before we start, <laughs> before we start talking about reading at festivals, like the professional thing, I want to talk about how important it is to gain experience before going pro. And, you know, what what are your thoughts, first of all, on the best way to gain enough experience so that you are competent enough to work with the general public? So the way I approach tarot is similar to the way I approach languages. Um, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but I've lived in three different languages, and Chinese is my second language. Um, and I was very different than a lot of my classmates because my classmates would have to sit in class and figure out, you know, 5,000 grammatical, you know, rules and words before they were out, you know, speaking Chinese. But I was the kind of kid who I just needed about 200 words under my belt. And then I was out like a shot, ordering food, cracking jokes with the locals, and really learning to build my vocabulary and fluency while I was actually speaking and, and listening. So for me, tarot is the same, that we can, we can read a billion books on tarot. We can sit and puzzle over the meanings for weeks before we do an email response. But for me, tarot is best served when you have a very basic understanding and then you get yourself out there and you start meeting people where they're at. You start doing readings, light and fluffy, practice, practice, practice. And it's amazing how quickly your own uh, competence and confidence will grow. Right on. I think experience is, you know, the absolute best teacher. Just getting in there and, and getting your hands dirty is the way to get fluent, so to speak. So, Mary, oh, I ab- go, go ahead. Oh, I just said I absolutely agree. Yeah, I, I think, you know, you, you can do it in theory, but in practice, getting in there is the best way. And Mary Greer wrote a post called The Suggestions for Becoming a Professional Tarot Reader. And she wrote about this thing called your rite of passage. And she says the ideal rite of passage is to volunteer for a full day or better yet, a weekend at a charity or benefit event and donate everything to the cause. And so she says that this is a way to get your feet really wet and your chops sharp. And, you know, when I began reading tarot, you know, I was bartending and I used to read for the patrons there. And so often I would end up doing many, many readings in a night while slinging drinks, which isn't easy, you know, but it, it allowed me to get really fast. So I would love to hear your thoughts on a rite of passage like Mary suggests. Uh, I think that's absolutely right. I, I think tarot is, it's a, it's like dancing. There is a 
there's a body memory that has to come with it along with just the intellectual memory. So for me, we learn by making mistakes. We learn when we don't connect. We learn when it doesn't feel like it, it works. And if we're afraid of making a mistake or afraid of like being foolish, then we don't actually learn and we don't become stronger. Mm. So I think a lot of times um, if we are afraid of, you know, being caught out, we won't even try at all. But to me, tarot is like a dance. You're only going to get better if you practice, practice, practice. And the only place that you can really get that are in large public venues, whether that is in, you know, uh, at a festival or, you know, in, in a nonprofit organization or like a weekend long retreat. Um, I like Mary's idea that you give the money away in the beginning because then you're not, you're not really tying it to a value that you're stressing out about because also anxiety for me tends to kill my intuition. So if you're just like giving it away and you're just kind of relaxed and enjoying yourself, I can't think of a better way to level up more quickly in tarot, honestly. I agree 100%. I mean, and also that's something that's going to really show you too how ready you are, for example, to go pro or not. So. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that you get, and that's the thing about really face-to-face. -face. I know, you know, so many readers are online only or just want online only, but you're not going to get the real-time feedback that will so inform you and inform your approach and style. There's just nothing like uh, having someone tell you exactly what they think mm -hmm. or you know, sometimes you almost have it accurate when you're doing a reading, but there's something quite not quite out of step uh, or in step with, you know, there's that thing that once you know, it clicks everything into place. Mm -hmm. Well, you can really only get that in an in-person session. Mm -hmm. But when we do these festivals, I'm not talking about like 30 minute, you know, tarot marathons with an individual. Uh, these are light and quick readings. So we're doing like 10 minute readings, three to five cards. And so it's more of like a topical kind of read, but it's getting you into the groove of feeling, feeling your way through. And also how to implicitly trust the things that are coming up and just running with them. So another thing I tell people who want to get better as clairvoyants and tarot readers is go take an improv class, <laughs> actually, like because if you learn improv, you learn to take the first thing that kind of pops into mind and run with it. And for me, that's how tarot often works when we when it all comes together and there's a meaning. It just kind of arrives. Mm -hmm. And when we are in festival work uh, and group party work, we are um, kind of forcing that to work that part of our mental muscles, as it were. Right on. And you know, the other thing, I agree wholeheartedly. When you're first starting out, I think it's important to do the face-to-face -face readings. It's much easier to pick up on things over the phone or via email if you've had that experience of the one-on-one -on -one thing. I think the one-on-one -on -one thing is the way where you really learn how to work with, you know, lots of really sensitive things. And, and you really get your, again, your chops down when you have that face-to-face -face experience. So I think it's important. Absolutely. I think there's nothing, there's nothing quite like it, that's for sure. You know, back in the day, I only read face-to-face -face for a long, long time. And I think that gave me the skills then to be really effective doing it, 
you know, over the phone where I don't see a person because I really learned how to lean into that energy of working with people from also all different walks of life. Absolutely. I, I think that face-to-face is not the only avenue to read tarot, but I think as you're really just starting, I think it's a great way to get started. And then that will make your online or distance readings with others that much more powerful for sure. Right on. So what are your tips for reading for a large group? What are some things people should think of in there if they're going to venture into doing this? Uh, you know, again, for professional, or, let's not talk about professional first. Let's just talk about reading for a large group. What are some of the basics you should have down? Well, uh, I think that for a large group, there are different ways that you can read for a larger group. Like, for instance, I, I was recently uh, in Iowa, of all places, doing gallery readings. Mm-hmm. where I was reading for 60 people uh, in a room. I was mic'd up while they were having dinner. Um, and I honestly was very nervous about this because I had never read in front of 60 whole people before. Uh, but what I, what I came to understand was, even though there's 60 people in the room, I'm still reading for one person at a time. Mm-hmm. And in fact, what made it really cool was that, uh, unlike when you're doing just one-on-one readings, when you have a, a group reading like that, people are often there with their friends and you can kind of enlist the friends to, to work as your co-conspirators. So if you do a reading that's like, I see that you, know, you have some confusion about something and the person's looking at you like, no, that's not true. And all their friends are like nodding emphatically, like, mm-hmm. yes, 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 that's totally true. Then you could say something like, oh, well, I see that your friends uh, have a different opinion. Uh, so you get a lot of confirmation from others when you do groups. The other thing about group reading is, number one, you know, you have to have fun. If you're not having fun, they're not having fun. Mm. So the one thing I love about group readings and parties is that it doesn't have to be so heavy all the time. So a, a tarot reading can be playful, light. I mean, Teresa, you and I are both Geminis, so we love to have fun. Yeah. Uh, Gemini is all about the get the gab and like blah blah. Let's have some let's have some good times. I love party readings because they don't have to be so, um, you know, everyone doesn't have to be crying or like deep. It can just be let's have a good time. Let's like, but we're still going to reveal things that are relevant and important. Absolutely. Like at this psychic at this psychic gallery, I could joke in a way that I can't in like one to one readings. So they were eating and drinking, and I just kept telling them, the more you drink, the more accurate I get. And it was a great (laughs) laugh. So I think we shouldn't be afraid of it. It's actually a way that we can approach tarot and approach helping others in in a light and comedic way. In a way, it's often like a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Um, So I really feel, especially if you're an introvert, that no matter how many people are there, you're still reading for one person and you can do it in a way that's light and fun. Um, With group readings too, because there are other people around, we have to be careful about how we, you know, the the heavy information. Um, And so for me, you know, when I'm doing group readings, there are questions I will not answer. And I will tell them no, when am I going to die? Are we going to get a divorce? Is Aunt Matilda, is she going to kick the bucket in like two weeks? Like, this is not the place for that. So that's when you go, okay, well, we can discuss these things maybe uh, privately. Here's my card. We could talk. But for me, 
Um, I like to see public readings as kind of a guerrilla tarot, or maybe even I, I call it tarot evangelism, where I get to interact with people who normally wouldn't see themselves as tarot people, and I can blow them away, and I will shift the way that they see the world and how they interact with it. So you're like an ambassador for tarot. <laughs> I, I, I do think that. I do think that. Like, I feel like I, being able to show people that there's more than what they think or that their cosmology may not be as airtight as they thought it was, to introduce mystery and thoughtfulness is something that's incredibly attractive to me and powerful. And it's so powerful that it overrides any like fear that I have about running into skeptics. Right on. So let's talk about professionalism because, you know, it is a different animal when you're actually getting paid for it. You know, if you're going to be a pro reader on the festival and party circuit, what are some things you should absolutely know? Oh, wow. Um, well, uh, one of the things you should know is that table fees are negotiable. Uh, and sometimes you have to, there, there are always coordinators that you have to work with, whether they're festival coordinators, uh, expo coordinators, what have you. Um, some are great to work with. Some are very unprofessional. Don't take any of it personally. Um, and if a table fee is outside of your ability to pay, uh, talk to them about it. Because oftentimes, table fees are based on people that have merchandise. So over, let's say, six hours, you know, it doesn't really matter if you've been completely dead for the first four hours. You could make that up in the last two hours. Mm -hmm. Whereas a reader, all you're really selling is time. And so you have to run the numbers and make sure that if I do 10-minute readings for $20 for this amount of time from front to back, how much is that going to look like for me? So I think as a professional reader, we have to put our business hats on and run the numbers first to even see if it's a worthwhile use of our time uh, and also work with the coordinator. The other thing I would say to people going pro is this, absolutely under no circumstances should you work for exposure. Right. Uh, I get a lot of small businesses that reach out to me and say, hey, I'm doing this open night, open night thing. Uh, you can come and put a table up and then the people that come can pay you. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute no 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 that means I'm taking all the risk but you get to have me as a draw to your business this is an unfair business like deal yeah so I, don't, I agree with you 100 percent 100 percent on that Jenna so as readers especially when we're starting out I feel that we we're so hungry for acceptance and we're so hungry for work that we may make deals that are not in our best interest and in fact hurt us. And the last thing we want is a good reader burnt out because she can't say no or he can't mm -hmm. say no. Right on. 100% agreement. That whole thing about doing it for exposure never, ever works out to your benefit at all. 
So I am with you on that. So I have one other question, and I think this is a really important question, especially for those introverts who might be listening. How do you set boundaries if you're reading for people who are really unruly or rude, because I think this is one of the things that scare people also, not just about, you know, people are often nervous about reading in front of a group because what if I'm wrong or whatnot, but what about dealing with people who are real jerks? What's your advice? Well, I have to say that I've been reading publicly full time for six years now, and it's actually very rare that I get a jerk because actually I get more jerks when it's in like a private home setting. Mm -hmm. But when you are out in public, people tend to be uh, on their better behavior than not. Um, But I make it clear that I do not read for inebriated people. And I don't back down. So if I have somebody who is, let's just say the worst case scenario, right? Which is they're at my table, they're completely drunk, they're being just real jerks, they're They're not respecting me or the cards. I do something very simple. I stand up. Mm -hmm. I stand up and I, you know, fold my cards and I say, I'm sorry, I I can't read for you because the energy is not conducive for an accurate reading. Mm -hmm. And usually their friends are around. So I grab like maybe the eyes of like a friend and like usually those people don't want to see neither. But I have to tell you, I only have one instance where that worst case scenario happened. Mm -hmm. Only one. Uh, Everyone else tends to, like the people that come up for a reading, especially if they're paying, that, you know, that's the other thing. Like if, if you do have free readings, you would get more people like that or more people that are skeptical or difficult. Mm -hmm. So if you do charge something, like even if it's $5, the, the quality is higher because people usually don't want to spend money for something that they don't believe in. Right. You know, it's interesting. When people pay, they usually are more invested in uh, working with you instead of playing games. Yeah. I, I find in general um, that most people are quite respectful. I will get people that are skeptics, but they're open-minded. And I love those people because I'm like, great, let's have a discussion. I'm not afraid of having a discussion with people. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've actually never had anyone say to me anything to my face like you're a fraud or you're this or that. In fact, for you introverts, people are nastier online than in person. (laughs) So, like, you're going to get lots of nasty people who are behind their screens can be very mean. But when you're with them face to face, they're not going to do that. In fact, I think if, if, you know, if you're going online and being public and people are making nasty comments, you're going to do much better in public for sure. I agree 100%. People are a lot more braver behind a keyboard. That's for sure. Well, Jenna, I want to thank you so much. These are such great tips. I, I knew you were going to bring it. So thank you so much for spending some time with me today talking about reading tarot for groups. Thank you so much. And if you don't mind, uh, I just like to let everyone know, keep your eyes peeled. I have another uh, book coming out. I'm working on it now. It's Have Tarot Will Party, where I do talk about private party events, uh, bachelorette parties, the whole thing. So keep your eyes peeled. It will be coming out soon. That's 
awesome. And I think that is going to be an incredibly useful book. And Jenna, where can people find you online? They can find me uh, just through my website, jennamatlin.com or queenofwandstarot.net. I'm at both. And you're in the, and what area are you in for people who may want to hire you for events or parties? Oh, I'm in the greater Philadelphia area, but I definitely travel far uh, for parties and events. If they'd like to have me, I'd love to come. Awesome. So people, be sure to connect with Jenna. And believe me, I'll be keeping an eye out for that book, Jenna. All right, guys, that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. And you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free introductory classes for tarot newbies, the tarot coloring book, and hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, plenty of other good things for you to scope out. Enjoy. I want to thank you again for listening and hope you have a beautiful day. And hey, if you have a minute, go to iTunes and leave a positive review uh, for Tarot Bites because that's going to help more people find their way to this little podcast. And of course, I always love to close out by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending. <laughs>